Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Ballers Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by writing a review. Writing a review only takes 60 seconds, but it means a lot to us. And I also like to read them out loud to the team. You are listening to the Real Estate Ballers Show. I'm your host, V. Lee. This is the show where I interview upcomers, doers, and ballers of the real estate investing world. I want to bring you real-life lessons and takeaways so that you can make smarter decisions about investing in real estate and accelerating your real estate businesses. The purpose is to help you to reach your financial freedom in real estate investing faster. Hey Adam, what's going on in your neck of the wood today? V, it's a Monday. Time to start another week here. Let's rock it out. Do you work on the weekend, Adam? I work all the time, V. How about yourself? Well, I try to take one day out of the weekend off, but this past weekend, I did have to work more than other weekends. So, Well, the beauty of being a real estate investor is that usually you get to control your own hours. Yeah. But occasionally they control yours. So even though it's maybe every day of the week, it's when you want to do it. So it doesn't feel like work. That's right. Yeah. I had a, a meeting at 9 p.m. last night with my VA. And my daughter said, Mommy, why, why do you have meetings so late? <laughs> right. I said, it's right. just what it is. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Today's topic. What is today's topic, Adam? Let's talk about surveys and whether you should get a survey or not. Okay, so survey. Survey is a, what I call it, a land plat of your property, and it shows the property line. And it can also show uh, topography of it. Okay. Is that a right. normal survey, or, or is it only a special, like a topo survey? Is when That's, they a topo actually... sur- That's right. You can get a topo survey. Okay. That's right. Yeah, when it comes to new constructions, then, you know, you will probably need a topo survey. But, yeah, uh, but typically a, a typical survey uh, is where it shows your property lines. And there's two, two type of um, survey. One is your normal neighborhood subdivision where it's on lot and block. And then you have the other type of survey that we call the meets and bounds survey. And those surveys are usually a little bit more comprehensive. That's right. Did I miss anything on what a survey is? No, I think for the purpose of this discussion, you hit it on the head. Usually where we are, you'll see some stakes that are either pink or orange. Little ribbons will be on them at the, at the corners, or they'll, they'll mark them in, in some way or another. We had a, a recent crazy situation with a 25-acre property that a friend of mine had where the survey was done incorrectly the first time and it didn't actually close. So it looked like somebody had an infinite amount of land. Oh, wow. Right. So he had to get that resurveyed before he could complete a sale. Wow. I hope it wasn't too expensive. It was really expensive. <laughs> so a typical survey costs in our area about, uh, I would say they probably up in the 400 to 500 now. Um, what about your area? Uh, we're at 500, but if you need something expedited, it's yeah. usually looking like 750 to a thousand. 
and almost everything needs to be expedited because (laughs) nowadays, right? (laughs) So they call it expedited. I just I just pencil in seven fifty to a thousand just to be uh, safe on that one. But it used to be that it would be five hundred bucks. Yeah, we used to be three fifty. The most expensive survey I ever pay was eight thousand. That's about the price for the one I was just referencing. That was uh, the really large acreage that needed to be redone. How big was your property that had to be? Well, unfortunately, my land wasn't that big. But the problem was there's a couple of situations. One, it appeared to be on two parcel and there's a parcel in between. So the second parcel in the back appeared to be a landlocked. Um, so they had to come back a couple of times to figure out if it was landlocked or if there was a, an easement or a way to get to that second parcel. Uh, I think total eight acres together, but the back also was really wooded. So the surveyor had to get the chainsaw out, you know. Oh my gosh! And remove some uh, tree, some some bushes. So that's why it was eight thousand dollars survey. Yep. Right. Got but it, it was necessary. Got it. So when do you get surveys? Do you get them all the time or, or do you make decisions based on situations? This episode is brought to you by Bus Vacation Rentals, a premier property management company in Houston and Galveston areas. Bus Vacation Rentals specializes in managing short-term rentals the right way. Give us a call today at 281-549-8432 to learn more or check out the website at www.buzzvacationrentals.com. Now back to the real estate ballers show. Well, I think there are two two situations, right? If a buyer buying a property where there's a, a typical uh, institutional lender involved, like Fannie Mae, uh, Big Banks, then I believe a survey is required all the time. And so that's the owner occupant situations, or if you have a, a, a big bank lender. But if it's uh, in our situations where we pay cash, I used to not ever buy a survey unless it's on acreage or meet and bounds. But I've changed my mind recently. How about and you? So now, now you don't get them at all, or now you get them all the time? <laughs> no, <laughs> now I get them all the time. Yeah, so I think that the lenders will be okay if there's a survey that was a recorded survey that's relatively recent. I don't think that they're going to make everyone get one immediately now. Now, if the last survey was done 50 years ago, they'll probably have it. No, you're right on that. Yeah, they'll require, they can look at the existing survey and see if they approve, or they require a new survey. And if there's new structure on the property, they probably want you to do a new survey. Yeah, you, right. you're right on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I usually don't get surveys. There's only a few times. And the reason I don't get them is partly, well, mainly because it slows everything down just yeah. because of the current environment we're in that it might take three or four weeks. And the surveyor will maybe say yes to it. And then you can never hear from them again. You don't even know what's going on. But there's a few cases where I really am on high alert for it. Mm-hmm. And so these are the kinds of scenarios. So if I know that the property was something that had been owned in a family for a long time and it kept mm-hmm. getting subdivided, that's one that I'll want to have surveyed, especially if it's on well. So I bought a property years ago where we found out through the survey that the people were using water that was on a well that wasn't actually part of their property anymore. It used to be one that was part of the whole family. So those cut and cuts and cuts of old family yeah. land... Yeah, that's one. Uh, I'll do it if there's a fence 
and it looks like it was a DIY fence that was done by somebody and that there's a good chance that there's a fence that's encroaching. I had one last week that I went to look at where it was pretty evident that there's a good chance that the driveway was partly on each on two different properties because <laughs> there was orange spray painted with an arrow that made it look like that was the surveyors from the other neighbor looking at it. And that's where they marked it down. So if there's something that's sort of obvious or you got a really weird winding road or driveway that you think is probably crossing paths with another neighbor, then I would definitely recommend getting that survey. Well, the reason we really have to get a survey is just to make sure that we are, in fact, buying what we're buying, right? Right, right. So at the end of the day, it's about uh, risk uh, mitigation, in my opinion. So if you feel comfortable about what you're buying and your legal descriptions appear to be matching with what you're buying, uh, in that case, it's a business decision. And, and I think I probably will feel comfortable with moving forward in that scenario when time, uh, speed of the game matters. But in a situation like you described, where it's unclear, then I would probably wait to, to verify Yeah. So I almost never get, I said, I almost never get them, but yet right now I've ordered two surveys for different scenarios. Yeah. One is one where I'm buying two lots. One lot has a house on it and one doesn't. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss another show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listener like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. And so when I'm going to be selling these Uh, I want to be able to provide a survey for the end buyer so they can determine the value. And then the other situation I have is one where there's a fairly big discrepancy between what the tax record says the acreage is Mm -hmm. and what the deed says the acreage is. And so I just wanted to be able to get the survey done just so I can confirm what I'm actually buying. Yeah, I think in the event of of buying uh, acreage, I almost always get a survey or... I have to make sure that we walk the property, you know, check the survey to make sure it, it matches with what we, the land, the property line match with what we've seen on the survey. Well, if you walked your eight acre one, you were probably exhausted <laughs> by the time that day was over. <laughs> well, you know, I think you have a, gen- a good general idea of where it is, right? You probably just, I mean, back up the car or something to the corner. Right. You should just get yourself a drone, V, and then just... Take the photos from the drone and you can see what you got. You know, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about getting a drone just for that reason. There you go. So I have an investor in our group that was buying a a property. And through the survey, she discovered that her seller does not own the property that he was selling. Did not own the property. So this whole time. She figured that out from a survey or from from a survey? From a survey. So the seller with the house that's been paying for the house for 20-something years. He learned that he actually was buying the lot or paying for the lot next to him this whole time, 20-something years. Oh, my gosh. That is horrible. That oh is my gosh. bad. Oh, one of the real estate attorneys that we work closely with here told a story where he's dealing with a client and there was confusion with the survey and then the address and then the legal address was changed from the postal address and one property was going to get foreclosed on. And so mm-hmm. the bank's foreclosure guy came there and foreclosed on that property by coming up to the door and letting the tenant know that they had to be out. Mm-hmm. So the tenant left. Well, 
he for he announced to the wrong house, to the wrong property. And oh. so the tenant left the property that wasn't being foreclosed on. Yeah. And it was only two years later, everyone figured out that next door, the one that was foreclosed on, that that tenant was been staying there the whole time. Wow. And so from that one, part of that was with a survey. And then it turns out that the one house was built on two properties. It wasn't even built on its own property. Wow. So, yeah. Well, how often does things like that happen, do you think? Well, we only hear the stories. <laughs> so we don't know if it happens all the time, but nobody really feels like telling us it because they're embarrassed. It's like when you go with your friends to Vegas and seven or eight people all play blackjack, you only hear the story from the person who won. You yeah. don't hear the stories from the six or seven people who lost all their money. That's right. Yeah. People people generally like to tell you about how clever they are and how well they did. They don't like to tell you the embarrassing things where they've been paying on the wrong lot for 20 years. So in the end, what's your, bot your bottom line on this uh, survey? So the bottom line on the survey is if there's something that seems to be a possible risk because of what we've just talked about, that's going to make it difficult to sell, or I'm not quite sure that I have what it looks like I have right away, then I'll go ahead and spend the money. It's not the money, it's the time. And if I feel like it's a low risk factor on it, then I'll usually shoot first and ask questions later. Awesome. I think I, I agree with you in that scenario. At the end of the day, for us investors, it's all about minimizing our exposure to risk. So right. make and a decision that you're comfortable with uh, making. All right. Thank you for watching. Bye, V. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want more, join our Facebook group, RE Ballers, for further discussions on this episode. Wherever you are listening to your podcast, please subscribe to the Real Estate Ballers so you never miss another show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we would appreciate a five-star rating, a written review, or if you simply share it with a friend. See you next time.